0: This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's going on, Wildcatters? Thanks for tuning in to spend some time with us today. If you didn't know, the hybrid startup accelerator slash VC fund plug and play recently launched here in Houston with a focus on their energy and sustainability track. Fun fact, they're the most active VC fund in the US, which means they write more checks than anyone. They also throw some pretty sweet events, some of which we have participated in recently. So we invited their boots on the ground here in Houston, Pyle Patel, to come chat with us about what they're currently doing here in Houston and where they are headed. But before we get into the show, this week's episode is brought to you by Wolfpack Software. Now, 2020 has not been kind to us. Weaker demand has led to weaker prices. No EMPs or midstream companies are exempt. No matter how big or small your operation is, the only way to survive 2020 and stay competitive is to automate as much of your business as you can. Wolfpack software can provide you with the tools to simplify and streamline many of your back office processes. This includes financial reporting, accounting functions, production management, document management, and a ton more this could enable you to essentially do a lot more with a lot less. It'll help you avoid costly mistakes, speed up your decision-making process, provide some visibility, and even help you stay in compliance. And all this is wrapped up into a single easy-to-use platform. If you're interested in joining the thousands of Wolfpack customers who have modernized their operations, just click the link in the show notes below or check them out at wolfpack.com, which is actually kind of spelled weird. So just to clarify, it's spelled W-O-L-F-E-P-A-K.com. What's going on, Wildcatters? Welcome back to another episode of the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast. We've got our friend Pyle from Plug & Play today. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you for having me here today. Yeah,
0: thanks for joining yeah, so us. So we were talking before the podcast.
2: You had friends that were on the podcast recently, Abhinav over at CSL. So it's funny how small the the community is, right? And like, yeah, I think everyone knows everyone.
1: Yeah, especially in, I feel, Houston because it's a big city, but it's a small town. Like yeah. once you get into it. Like you go to three or four events, like you feel like you know
2: yeah. quite, a, quite a few people <laughs> Pretty because much we everyone. all go to the same events. I know, that's so what we were just talking about all the investment banks in town. And you're like, oh, they reached out to me. And I'm like, oh, they reached out to us. So <laughs> yeah, it's a small community. So give us a, uh, you know, I'm familiar with Plug and Play, the name, and I know that we've done some. We've participated we've done in some things, the things events, yeah. I think you moderated a panel at a Plug and Play at there, At the right?
0: TMCX, there was a Innovation yeah. Summit thing uh, about a year ago, probably-ish. yeah. And the, the mayor was there and we did a panel with, was it Chevron, uh, like Phillips 66, a couple other companies. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. And then just I remember, I think it was, um, I'm blanking on his name. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, was it Wade? <laughs> Wade reached out.
1: Wade? Okay, like yeah.
0: two and a half years ago, maybe two years ago, before you guys actually came to Houston. Okay. And we chatted about just like the ecosystem really here in Houston before you guys kind of put a stake in the ground and decided to, to, to open up. I guess, do you guys call it branches or departments or?
1: We call them offices and yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, well, <so laughs> you have to be so extra, we call them offices. It's <laughs> just an office, new but, office here.
1: But yeah, like um, I know you know Wade and Malad from my team. Mm-hmm. So it's been you know great having you participate in our activities in the past. Excited to actually you know put a stake in the ground here in Houston as well. So how
0: do you describe Plug and Play to those who ask
1: Yeah. So Plug and Play is a very unique business. It is a family business. I think there's two main parts of our business. One half that we're very well known for is our venture capital arm. So from that side of the business, we're a very active technology investor. We invest out of our CEO, Saeed Amidi's family office. We deploy anywhere from $30 to $50 million a year, make let's say close to 200 investments a year. So that's four to five checks per week that we're writing. We invest across 16 different industry verticals. So energy, healthcare, supply chain, mobility, et cetera. So that's one half of our business. The other half of our business that we're known for is this corporate innovation platform that we run. So we run accelerator programs in our 30 plus offices around the world. And so here in Houston, last fall, Jake, when you participated. That was a, I guess, like a preamble to our launch of our energy vertical. So corporations like to work with us because we see a lot of deal flow. Our ventures team is, let's say, close to a 100 people worldwide. And I'm telling you, they scout every nook and corner of the world to find entrepreneurs working on cool ideas. And any given quarter, they'll find and vet four to 5,000 startups a quarter. So that's just like really high Volume Mm -hmm. and velocity
0: so for people who are listening you guys are actually the most active VC firm at least in the US If not the world, right?
1: Yes, I think two years ago. We were most active in the world I don't know like we're up there in the top, you know five.
0: Yeah every Mm -hmm.
1: year And so we just have a big ventures team. We're very active our CEO likes to make early-stage investments Um, seed series a is probably our sweet spot at least in Houston As you all probably know, in the energy startup community, there's sometimes, or in my opinion, there's a dearth of early stage capital that seed Series A money. And so, you know, it was just kind of a nice fit. We didn't have an office in Houston. There are a lot of big companies who have a presence here. There are a lot of startups and founders who are wanting to raise that early stage money. And so it was just kind of a nice fit for us to start here.
0: Yeah, I think absolutely. one of the cool things about like Said's story and I'm probably going to butcher part of this, but I remember part from the very first presentation, you guys did an event at Halliburton, Maynard Holt was speaking and that was kind of the first time that I'd actually met Maynard.
1: Oh, wow, you were it, at
0: that event. I too? was at that event too. Yeah, okay, yeah. Wow. And so, and that was kind of cool because it was just like the entire Energy Tech ecosystem was there, like in one place, and so that was pretty neat. But so, Said's story, from what I remember, was that I, either him or his family was in uh, real estate, and that they owned the building that Google first office in. It was like Google and a couple other companies, yeah. And they decided that they were like, oh, these guys are probably going to take off. And he showed some early pictures of like the Google team outside of the building that you know they were they were renting. And so he decided to start making some placements very early on in certain companies. Like, I, don't, I think it was like eBay as well, maybe. I don't know.
1: So close. Uh, okay. It was actually PayPal, which was PayPal. their first investment. <laughs> uh, but I guess, like, kind of, you know, they're an immigrant family. I guess immigrant families that come from developing countries, they, you know, at least, you know, speaking for my family, like, they tend to flock to businesses that are conglomerates in a way. And so the Meaty family, They have a like plastics and chemicals business. They have a water business in Europe. They had a rug shop in California. They had a bunch of commercial real estate. And you're right, Jake. In the late 90s, they had a rug salesman who, you know, is a great investor by his own right now. Uh, His name is Pejmon. This guy just started making, you know, friends with all these young VCs and entrepreneurs who were coming in and buying very expensive rugs and, you know. I guess the light bulb moment came where like maybe we should help them if they're making all this money. And so, yeah, Google was the first tenant of the second floor of that rug shop. And there's that great photo. Mm-hmm. Now they call it the lucky building in the Bay Area <laughs> because Google, PayPal, Logitech, and Danger all officed out of that building.
2: That's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. And then the story with, you know, similar to how we coach founders that we work with, you know, listen to your customers and pivot your business as it makes sense. The meaty family did. So first they started like renting this rug shop to founders. And then at least for PayPal with Peter Thiel, Saeed's brother Rahim wanted two years rent up front. And so they didn't have that. So they took one year in cash, one year in equity. And so that's how this family stumbled into making early stage investments. So then they're like, okay, well, let's make some more investments. Let's go find a bigger building. <laughs> and so if you go to Sunnyvale, where our headquarters is now, I think in the 2006 timeframe, they found this old Philips semiconductor building. It's 180,000 square feet. So at any given time, there are 400 startups in that building, you know, hundreds of events a year. And lots of Bay Area investors come through that building to just get deal flow and come to our events And then our, you know, now probably 300 person plus team is also based in that building. And at least in the Bay Area, it's like one of those, you know, places that people like to go. And so after, you know, they started, you know, filling up that bigger building with more startups, I think it was our COO, Candice, who had the idea of, well, these big corporations like to come to Silicon Valley and Saeed, I think he's like a, like a real estate sales guy. And he would always ask his friends for, you know, advice on uh, making investments because, mm-hmm. you know, he's not necessarily a tech guy. Mm-hmm. And so they put that, you know, the light bulb moment was all these corporations want access to the startups that were in our building, as well as getting customer input is helpful in making investment decisions. So that's how we started this accelerator program. Or this corporate innovation platform. You know, that's a word we use, but the world sees them as accelerator
0: programs.
1: (laughs) And I think it was State Farm that was our first corporate partner. No way. And I don't know if y'all have seen those like commercials on CNBC with Nightscope, the robot.
2: Oh, no, I haven't. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I thought she was going to ask if we saw the State Farm commercials.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: I was like, every time I introduced myself as Jake, and they're like, oh, Jake from State Farm. (laughs) (laughs) Jake from State Farm. three years later
1: (laughs) well if you see these commercials on cnbc Nightscope, that was like one of the companies that was in that first you know cohort for state farm that's awesome and we used to have those like robots like around our building and so it was kind of like that's awesome i don't know like this interesting like petting zoo concept yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) so what's your background you know before plug and play you know tell us a little bit about yourself and you know what what you did before then
1: yeah, so I have very nonlinear life and career, but I started my career as a management consultant. I graduated from Texanium. I have an Aggie ring. okay. <laughs> and then I worked for this consulting firm called Alvarez Marsal in their restructuring and consulting practice. It was great, met some amazing people, uh, built my consulting toolkit there. Didn't really think that was like a long-term career for me. Mm-hmm. went to grad school in London for a few years. Worked there, ran into some immigration issues, came back to the U.S.
2: And it was at grad school that you actually met Abhinav, right?
1: Yeah, it was at- So it's
2: it's crazy because you guys met across the world. You didn't even meet here in Houston or in Texas, right?
1: No, actually, so I think was in the class below me.
2: Oh, okay, got you.
1: It was only when I was back in Houston and I run the local- London Business School Alumni Club here. Yeah. That he came, you know, like he just emailed me out of the blue or something and (laughs) grabbed coffee. And I was like, oh, wow. And I think our time overlapped in London is just like we didn't run into each other. Didn't
2: actually meet over there. Got you. So So, you come back over to the US. So I came
1: back and then I started working for this um, elite executive search firm called Spencer Stewart was a great place. I met some really great people. Um, there as well as in the business community here Mm -hmm. in Houston. And then I wanted to, I just kind of like knew I wanted to be in the startup world. It was burgeoning at that time. And it was Blair Garou from Mercury Fund. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I met Blair, but he was, you know, just one of those mentors, really nice people, knew that I was wanting to pivot to the startup world. And he suggested I take a seat at Station Houston. So that's how I joined Station. I worked with John Grace Rodriguez that old crew Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun it was so much work but so much fun
2: so what year did you join station
1: I joined I think like at at the very beginning of 2018
2: okay awesome and so you're at station you're getting all that experience you know kind of being in you know explain what station is and what you were doing there and then I think that'll kind of bridge into yeah why why you landed up over at plug and play
1: yeah, so Station Houston was started several years ago by Emily Keaton, Blair Garou, John Riale, Grace Rodriguez. Um, they're like OG, you know, startup mm-hmm. um, people here in Houston, and it was they knew that Houston needed a gathering spot for founders. I think being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely journey. And so they wanted a place where founders could come together, help each other out, and a place for, as John or JR used to say, you know, collisions to happen. Mm-hmm. And so station, we had startup members. We also had this, you know, amazing spot in downtown, the top two floors of the Accenture building, great views. And kind of like um startups, they could rent a desk from us. We also created this program where they could get, you know, bespoke mentoring services. So Many founders in Houston, they've probably worked with Hira and Katie and Humza, and so they were their startup partners, and these startup partners would get you know, these founders connected to the right investors, mentors, et cetera. And then at Station, my role was um, I worked with corporate partners, so we had companies like BHP, ExxonMobil, Chevron, large companies that wanted their employees to get access to what was going on in those four walls at Station, but also potentially run pilots make investments in some of the startups that we were you know providing a home to mm-hmm. so i was managing those partnerships trying to find new partners and so it's funny how i joined plug and play because you know, i decided to leave station after a year or so there was this Leadership change. Mm-hmm. Um, Station went from being a for-profit entity to being a non-profit entity. I didn't even know that was like possible to do, <laughs> but it happened. And so a lot of like the priorities changed at Station. So I was like, okay, maybe, you know, I should go like join a startup. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm around founders all the time. Let me figure out which one I think is the rocket ship and see if I can get a seat on it. Mm-hmm. And a girlfriend of mine, Serafina, who's at Houston Exponential, she... Like, I think it was that event that um, Mm -hmm. you moderated the panel at. She had mentioned to me that Plug and Play was hiring. And I was like, well, they don't know me, but sure, like, I'll just, like, drop my resume. So I did it, you know, late in the evening. And then, like, I don't know, 8 o'clock the next morning, Wade emailed me. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, okay, well. And so then I started the conversation with Wade and Saeed. They had, I think it was the spring of 2019, maybe February the mayor of Houston, as well as other business leaders like Bob Harvey, Barbara Berger, mm-hmm. even my former CEO Gabby Rowe, they had gone out to the West Coast to see what we do in Sunnyvale. They saw what they saw, liked it, and the mayor asked us to start an office in Houston. So between February 2019 and September 2019, when we launched, you know, there was this, you know, great interest for us to start an office here. We moved quickly. I just kind of had the right profile for plug and play.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of funny how things just happen by chance, right, like you don't even think that you have shot at it and drop your resume in and you end up being a perfect fit.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, uh, I mean, it's so funny, like uh, all my clients at Station, many of them are my clients at plug and play, like I worked with Barbara Berger's team at Chevron at Station, I Mm -hmm. I work with them now. Same thing with marsh Drilling. So the marsh Drilling guys, I love them. They gave me, you know, they tease me quite a bit. They're like, oh, you're abandoning us, but you can, <laughs> you have to stay with us.
2: <laughs> so what kind of drove you, you know, you're in this management consulting position and then you go over station and then after station, you're like, oh, you know, I want to join a startup and see if I can get a seat at one of these startups that has the potential to take off. What drove you from going from management consulting to the startup world because both of those are two completely different things, right? So, is this something that you knew that you wanted to do from the beginning? Was get in the startup world, or what kind of led to that transition?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I
2: mean to put you on the spot here. It's just it's interesting <laughs> to me because, like a lot of management consultants, you know, they you, obviously you have some that transfer over to the startup world, but it's two completely different worlds.
1: Yeah, yeah, they operate at a very different pace. I would say the workload is probably you know equally high mm-hmm. um, in both, but. I think, like, my my dad owned a, you know, a small business growing up in the panhandle. I think immigrants tend to, you know, flock to things that are entrepreneurial. And for some reason, I just, you know, like the startup community. And I looked around at, you know, many of my grad school classmates and the ones that seemed to be, you know, five years out from grad school, the ones that seemed to be, you know, the happiest or moving most quickly tended to do, be doing something in the technology industry or something entrepreneurial. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, Let's go towards the high tide. Yeah,
2: (laughs) absolutely. And then, you know, some interesting things that you mentioned earlier about plug and play were that you guys are actually in 16 different industry verticals. And you mentioned energy and med tech, which are two big ones here in Houston. You know, what is your primary focus and what are you passionate about? You know, what startups kind of get you excited in the space to work on?
1: Yeah. So we launched with the energy vertical here in Houston as like our Mm B-shed, but we have every intention of launching our healthcare vertical. Supply chain probably seems like a logical one as well given like we've got this massive port next to us. Mm -hmm. We have a smart cities, you know, vertical as well. And, uh, we know at least the city of Houston has been, you know, and the mayor's office, they've been very forward thinking on the smart cities initiative. So we have those, um, you know, goals to eventually launch all those verticals. And then in terms of like what types of startups I'm most interested in, because at the moment I'm the only boots on the ground. We do have plans to hire. If you're you're looking for a job and you're an awesome, you know, rock star, contact me. (laughs) I tend to, you know, meet with any founder, whatever industry they're in, in Houston. Mm -hmm. So there was someone uh, I got referred to. They had, um, you know, a med tech device. And so we have a Cleveland office. We have a ventures associate there. So I just, you know, we'll take the first meeting and then, you know, punt it to the right person.
2: Yeah, and that's actually a good segue into another question I had is, you know, what is your actual role? Because you described the business as having two parts, one, the venture capital, and two, the accelerator is the only accelerator that building that you talked about in California, is that the only accelerator that you guys actually run or do you guys have something set up here? And then, you know, what is what is are you just boots on the ground, just like making the connections everywhere? or You know, how does it all work?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question.
2: <laughs> like if I'm a startup here in Houston, I'm listening to this. How does it all work?
1: Yeah. So at the moment, uh, we are a bit understaffed. So I do a, maybe, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. But We, we understand uh, your pain. <laughs> <day>. <laughs> yeah, I've been living it since uh, Station Houston. That's where I learned like you got to have them. I think in the startup world, you got to have the mindset of no job is too big. No task is too small. Mm-hmm. But how I spend my time here. With plug and play in our office i spend quite a bit of my time with our corporate partners as well as always trying to get new corporate partners to join the platform we always th- feel that when there are more partners involved uh the better you know value of the platform so locally we work with chevron mairsterling echo patrol and then others such as Worley, chevron echo patrol DCP midstream and philip sixty six. Mm-hmm. So we've got great partners, and you know we want to make sure they're happy. And then on the other side of our business is the ventures arm. So uh, because I was at Station, a lot of people just know me. Yeah, and
0: you're kind I, of a big deal. <laughs> no, no, so it's I'm pretty I go, important.
1: <laughs> I go to those events, and uh, people at the no. Canon and Station or Ion know me. So. If I've seen you
0: all over. I've seen you all over social media, though. So a lot of people. We have a lot of, a lot of mutual. Oh,
1: friends. what social media?
0: I've seen you being tagged on Facebook. I've been seeing you being tagged on LinkedIn. Oh, okay. not not on Twitter. I don't know if you're active on Twitter or not. But no, I, seen you I was there.
1: hoping Instagram because I'm trying to like
0: trying to trying Hey, if you're listening, what's your Instagram handle? Let's get you some followers. <laughs>
1: I don't know what my Instagram. Oh,
0: handle see, is. that's why you're not growing. <laughs> you don't even know your handle. <laughs> but, but like you can't I, even shout it out. <laughs> actually, it's
1: so funny. Like Instagram was like uh, this a new social media platform I just like learned about a year ago, and I'm like, oh, this is a great place to like watch dog videos. <laughs> 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 but I do meet a lot of found, or I just know founders here in Houston. So if they are raising, or they're interested in getting involved in one of our accelerator programs. I'm always happy to take those conversations, to get a lot of inbounds and referrals. If there's someone that I don't know, I try to be very accessible. So hit me up on LinkedIn. My email address is pile at PNPTC.com. Or if you know someone who knows me, um, I always tell people who know know great founders, feel free to pass them over to me. I'm happy to take a conversation.
2: So how does the accelerator work? You know, how does the model work for you guys? You know, say that you find a company here in Houston that wants to be a part
0: of the accelerator. How does a deal look for the Do you have startup? to go to Silicon Valley or is it all remote?
1: That's a good question. So, you know, compared to other accelerator programs, we try to be very founder friendly. Mm-hmm. So we do not take any equity or charge any fee unless we make an actual cash investment. Okay. So we're not going to take 8% of your company just to be involved in our program. If you're chosen to be in our accelerator program, there is no requirement to move to whatever city or locations. So for example, there's a company here in Houston called Velostix, started by Gaurav Kandawal at Chaiwan, And so they spun out uh, Velostix, uh, I think like a year or two ago. And uh, the, the way they came up with their name was a combination or a mashup of velocity and logistics. Mm-hmm. So Velostix, they've built a platform for the oil and gas industry, basically logistic managers at the majors, the shippers, the brokers, the drivers, like there are all these people involved in getting product from, you know, Saudi Arabia to your pump, Mm -hmm. you know, in Midland. And they've built like the way that their tagline is they're the enterprise slack for logistics. Yeah. <laughs> so they take out all the, you know, phone calls, text messages, emails, et cetera. Yeah. And Gorov, I've known for a few years. He mentioned to me last fall, uh, you know, Velostics, and they were actually just selected for a supply chain uh, Silicon Valley program. And so over the next three or four months, they'll participate in that program in Silicon Valley. They don't have to move there and they'll get access to all of our corporate partners that are in our supply chain program. They'll get a lot of visibility. There's mentorship, there's focus weeks. If they're raising money, we'll make, we'll do our best to make intros. And then here in Houston, so that's an example of a Houston startup participating in one of our programs in Houston. We ran a cohort last fall. It was from September to November-ish. And the way our accelerator programs typically work is our corporate partners drive them. So every six months, I'll meet with the executives of Chevron, Exxon, et cetera, and they'll tell me, we're interested in startups to help us you know, monitor our remote operations, downhole tools, and big data analytics software startups whatever it is mm-hmm. and our ventures team goes out scouts scouts the world we put together a top 100 list and then we're a very democratic organization we go through this series of voting our partners pick something like 15 to 20 and the beauty is because of our partners being involved in the selection process they're more likely to actually do business with the startups mm-hmm. whether it be you know field trials, or even some of our partners have venture capital arms. So even making investments
0: Mm -hmm. here comes the hard questions. Okay. So on the corporate partnership side, Let's, let's kind of just dive into that relationship a little bit more. So are they coming to you guys and saying, hey, you know, we're already partners. Here's the issues that we currently see within our business or areas where we can see improvement through innovations with some of the startups. And then that drives what is in the accelerator or do you guys also say, hey, there's a really cool technology and I know it's not on your roadmap because it's so far out there. You guys should really take a look at that. Is it a little bit of both or is it one or the other?
1: Yeah, I would say it's a bit of both. At least in the accelerator program, we see that's how like the industry can move to- together because you've got Chevron, Exxon, Phillips 66 all at the same table. And then we host what we call private deal flow sessions where our partners tell us, you know, you know privately like, "Hey, I'm looking for this or that or that." and we'll provide, you know, what we think is a fit. And then based on like the relationship and how well we know them, like we're they I think they like us, you know, keeping an ear to the ground for them and just knowing their business and if we see something that Is of interest to them, you know, passing it along. So there is that inbound Mm -hmm. aspect where, for some partners who I know really well, and I think they'd be open to it. I'm always happy to make those introductions.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I had
2: a question, but I just you just completely blanked. Forgot where I was was going with it. So when when y'all invest, you know, I I think it's pretty interesting because you guys say that you actually do look at pre-seed and Series A, and I think. You know, historically speaking, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but there used to just be this vacuum, this um, this void in the market for early stage capital yeah. in oil and gas, and it started getting a little bit better with your Cottonwood Venture groups, you know, those types of VCs. But even those guys, you know, they look at Series uh, A financing. When y'all look at pre-seed financing, what do y'all look for in companies? I mean, are you looking for companies that have proven that they can monetize and generate revenue? Or are you looking
0: for pre-revenue companies as well? Yeah, especially with you guys seeing so many companies.
1: Yeah, I think it's a everything matters. Uh, we tend to like software more than hardware. But um, actually, one of our portfolio companies here in Houston is Rugged Robotics. And they have a hardware component. So we tend to like software. But... Will invest in hardware as well. In terms of you know what matters in the investment you know decision, unfortunately I'm not on the investment committee and sometimes I feel they're you know gatekeepers versus yeah. you know, helping <laughs> me get you know certain Houston founders invested in. Uh, I say that you know in jest. They're yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> they're great partners. In case you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the team matters, the problem they're solving. Whether the problem has, you know, applications to other industries beyond just the oil and gas industry. Mm -hmm. Um, If you talk to Milad, you know, I mean, our corporate partner network is, you know, over 400 companies like McDonald's, FedEx, Mm ExxonMobil, BASF, Pfizer. Like we've got like some really great corporate partners. So we write small checks. I think the average check size is something like 150, Mm 200,000. We don't take a board seat. We never lead rounds. So we're passive and we're a, you know, you know, just a small line item on the cap table, but we can be very useful to certain startups that have applications across multiple industries. So enterprise software tends to be something, you know, we like investing in. And so we can, for certain companies, we can be a very like strategic, you know, investor
2: yeah, it's interesting that you say that. You know, the check sizes are 150, you know, 200k, but y'all don't take a board seat. You know, it sounds very passive, but then you have just this whole back into resources. You know, whether it's you know taking a technology that's servicing Exxon, it's like, oh hey, this could also be applied to you know Boeing or some other industry partner that you guys may have. That's extremely valuable for startups.
1: Yeah, and we we, we do a really good job of keeping like this Chinese wall of like um, so. If one of our portfolio, if we make an investment, that doesn't mean that the portfolio company will automatically get into the accelerator program. Mm -hmm. And just because you're in the accelerator program, that doesn't mean we'll make an investment. So both sides kind of operate independently. But, you know, just as an example, in March, when, you know, the world fell apart, our ventures team shifted a lot of our activities from sourcing and meeting new founders to portfolio support. And that would have been things like just talking to founders, seeing how they can extend their runway. We have a big marketing side to our business as well. So we ran a lot of webinars, et cetera, mm-hmm. to maximize their exposure in our corporate partner community. Yeah. So we try to be very helpful to our portfolio companies, as well as just any startup that we know. Again, we don't charge any fee. So if, like for example, we don't make an investment and we don't have a startup in our accelerator program, we're still willing to make those, you know, introductions to our corporate partners through those private deal flow sessions.
2: Yeah. So you brought up a good point talking about in March when everything fell apart with COVID, you guys stopped looking to expand per se, and you started looking internally about, you know, how can we support our portfolio companies and make sure that they're gonna survive and outlast this this black swan event how are things looking for you guys now have things settled down a little bit and now you're starting to kind of venture out a little bit more and start to look for more startups you know what's the state of the world for plug and play right now
1: yeah so luckily because we have like 30 offices all over the world and we work in all these different industries we have you know i think every you know group got hit but luckily we were able to you know have some hedges in our business i think it was last month uh we made 23 investments So still that's, you know, a good number close to what we normally do on average. So many of our activities we had to shift to being virtual. So Mm -hmm. as you, as you know, Jake, at that event at TMC, we tend to do like big events. Be very flashy in certain ways.
0: You guys host great events. I'm going to give you guys that.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, we've we really that's a
0: good compliment. We've we really enjoyed it. and because we're so we're in the middle of making a video right now about our story <laughs> and we talk about most of the industry events that we've been to we hate and I will say that plug and play events are definitely an exception to that. We're mostly referencing oil and gas events, not startup oh, okay, events. Okay. So <laughs> like just oil and gas events are very very stale and just typically not very fun. And I remember going to, to the very first one at Halliburton's campus and I was like, oh, this is great. Like this is a really really good event. And then the one at Team. MCX was just took it a whole nother step further. So
1: oh, well, that's kudos to you guys you. for throwing good events. We have a big like operations marketing team that helps with those events. And then like my personal belief is um, again, our founder CEO, he's Iranian. And I think, you know, in that culture, they're just like, they just do hospitality really well. So I don't know what it is as part of our culture. Whenever we do events, we always try to be very friendly and warm and exciting and a good mm-hmm. use of your time.
0: Yeah. So you guys, Based on everything we talked about, you guys are super, super founder friendly compared to going to, I'm just going to name drop Techstars or Y Combinator. They come out the gate 6% to 8% in equity, and they're most likely going to take a board seat and they're going to be very, very hands-on, right? But you guys are providing so much value and you're giving so many resources to the startups that my question becomes, how do you guys make money?
1: How do we make money? How do you guys
0: make money? Is it, is it purely just on the on the investment side and the return on those investments as you guys scale?
1: Yeah, so I think so. I've never seen like the financials, but like I would imagine, I would imagine that like I've always uh,
0: wondered this. I just I feel like now's my now's my time. Uh,
1: I think uh, I think it's um, on the you know exits. Yeah. So last year our last or no, we've had another unicorn apply board, but the last unicorn exit we had was uh, Honey. So oh yeah, it's I've on, heard of that one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that sold to PayPal actually for four billion dollars. Awesome. And Saeed was you know, invested in them when they were like two guys
2: yeah. <laughs> in
1: Southern California. Um, so, you know, the, the venture side of the business is where the, like the real money is. And then on the uh, accelerator corporate innovation platform business, like we do charge our corporate partners a fee. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's in the low couple of hundred thousand dollar range just to cover our overhead costs
2: yeah so what's y'all's plan you know before we we get off the podcast what's y'all's plan for houston you said that y'all are going to expand you're looking to hire people sometime in the future you know what what, what's the roadmap for y'all for the next year
1: yeah it's so funny like when i took this role like i got that question a lot i was like oh i better have like an answer for that (laughs) (laughs) so i have uh four main goals for uh plug and play so Uh, First off, I think maybe the most exciting one is making investments here locally Mm -hmm. in Houston-based startups or startups that participate in our Houston Accelerator program. Mm -hmm. So our CEO, Saeed, has publicly committed to five to 10 investments here in Houston a year. Awesome. So we're, you know, a little behind on that schedule this year, but I promise we'll make it up.
2: make up for (laughs) it on the back end, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've, uh, yeah, a lot, you know, making sure his team is doing a lot of, like, diligence work right now. <laughs> so making investments. Second is on the accelerator corporate partner side. We have a certain number of corporate partners. Our goal is to triple that to make it more, you know, You know. just add some more financial stability to our business, as well as make the platform more attractive to energy startups, as well as healthcare startups, et cetera, when mm-hmm. we bring them on. Third, I would say, is infrastructure I think besides what my goals are, like the next question I got asked the most is where's your office?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: I don't know why people in Houston just care about <laughs> where your office is. So we've got space in downtown at the Ion. My friends at the Canon, they're very kind to me and let me, you know, work out of their facilities. In- Shout out
2: to Lawson over there at the Canon. Oh yes, Lawson's <laughs> so great.
1: So and then eventually we'll have space at the Ion. Yeah. Which is Rice's development in Midtown, so that'll be our long-term home once that's built in. I think Q2 mm-hmm. next year. Hiring, uh, you know, I'm looking to hire a couple of people for my team. Again, rock stars reach out to me, and then
2: what kind of people are you going to be looking for?
1: Yeah, like uh, eventually. I mean, we'll, I
2: mean, what you know, what's what's the position? What's the role? You know, what skill sets?
1: yeah
0: she's like let me build my entire organization on the spot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no
1: no like i need a ventures person eventually so malad um and his team right now meet with our founders or houston founders you know remotely but eventually i want someone based here to you know go to the canon go to the a, ion I
0: got a few for you oh okay yep. yeah, yeah so
1: like i think like there's a ventures person needed to like go to all the watering holes in houston I'm looking for a program ops manager. So someone to help with those awesome events that we host mm-hmm. and run the accelerator program with me. I'm looking for someone else to help me manage all these corporate relationships as well as, you know, someone who has a great Rolodex and can help us find more corporate partners to work with. And then I think I, I tend to be like one of those people where like if I see great talent, I'll find them a role
2: find a place for them yeah. yeah you just get a bunch of smart people I would agree get yeah, yeah that's a great strategy. I, like, I like yeah them. like
1: I love best athlete hires like people that you know like okay you may not be an expert in this but if I a- give you this task you'll figure out how to be an expert yeah. in it
2: yeah exactly I love that mindset um, yeah so You gave your email out earlier in the episode, you gave your LinkedIn, you don't have your Instagram handle, unfortunately. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll go find it and we'll plug it (laughs) into the show notes after, but you know, if anyone's looking to get into the venture world, they can reach out to you. You can have some spots to hire. Um, if any corporations want to work with you guys, they can reach out to you. If any startups need funding or interested in the accelerator, they can reach out as well. Yep. Is there any target demographics I'm missing? That, that's no, the three, right? You guys got something for
0: everybody. There's a whole lot of value <laughs> being exchanged in this podcast today. So yeah, yeah.
1: Like also like even I feel much of the time I feel what I do is just, you know, connect people. So mm-hmm. like I, I deal with a lot of investors as well. Like we try to be very friendly with other investment groups and share deal flow. So, you know, if there are investors here who want to take a look at some of the companies that are in our portfolio or, you know, run through our accelerator programs, happy to, you know, awesome get connected too.
2: Yeah, this is a really good episode. I'm glad I know what you guys do now. I didn't actually know, I thought you were just a venture capital firm. So it's good to actually hear the story. It's good to uh, (laughs) meet the the spokesperson for Houston. And, you know, I think that you guys are going to do a lot of big things here.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you guys. And I guess just, you know, in the same token, I've known about you, Jake, and this for a few years. I tend to read more than listen to podcasts. <laughs> but, but, you know, very recently I've become, you know, more aware of these podcasts and I think there's a um, similar to Innovation Map and what Natalie does, I think there's a real need for, you know, coverage of, you know, the people in this community, what they're working on, opportunities, etc. So um, I think y'all are, you know, filling, you know, gap in the Houston community, so just awesome. thank you for it. Thank yeah, you, thanks
0: you, appreciate really that. appreciate that. All right, guys, if you enjoyed the episode, go check out Payal on Instagram. Just Google her, we'll, you'll, you'll find <laughs> somewhere <laughs> get her somewhere. And share this episode, followers. <laughs> share this episode with all your friends, uh, forward it to all your colleagues, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.